Hello, honey, and welcome to Honey Do Me Podcast. I'm Cass. And I'm Emma, and we're just two gals looking for a good lay. Aren't we all? (laughs) But when it comes to sex, we're just as lost as you and have no idea what we're doing. Luckily, we will stop at nothing to get the answers we need. Cue our expert guests. We're ready to overshare and ask all the embarrassing questions so you don't have to. By the end of every episode, you will be dripping in actionable steps and ready to take on the damn world. Or at least take it from behind. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, honey. How How do you do you? Hello. Hi. How's it going? It's going. How's it going <laughs> for you? Going. Good. A little crampy, but I'm fine. Uh, yeah. One of us always is. I know. Seriously. <laughs> but I'm very excited for today. Me too. We have a really important second episode this mm-hmm. week. That's how special it is. Yes. Um, with Michelle Hope mm-hmm. on like post Roe v. Wade being overturned action items, getting involved, what you can do if you're in a state that still has access to abortion, what you can do if you don't have access to abortion anymore, all the stuff that's super important. It is. And all of it was like, I don't know, not news to me, but Mm -hmm. news to me. Like it, the way she put it was just so like empowering and motivating to really get involved with your community and be a part of this like huge conversation so that no more big fucking things happen that we aren't like aware of in my exactly yeah yeah I think Michelle has a really good way of like zooming out putting Mm -hmm. things into perspective and being like this is a fucking issue and here's how it became an issue so um I don't think there's much more we can introduce beyond that just dive right in absorb it right up and we'll get involved (laughs) and that bye bye Hey, everybody. Um, My name is Michelle Hope. My pronouns are she and her. And I am the director of um, social impact and strategic comms at Seekist Sex Ed for Social Change. So let me break it down. I am a sexologist. I have dedicated my career in studying human sexual behavior. You know, when I got into this, and I was like getting into like the MH sexpert space, it was total hobby. And I love talking about like blowjobs and, you know, reverse cowgirl. And I still do. And Mm -hmm. vibrators and orgasms. Oh, my. (laughs) And I totally still do. Um, But I realized that we really honestly have to go deeper Mm -hmm. to help adults have great sex, Mm -hmm. um, pleasurable sex, um, live affirmed and healthy sexual lives because we're human And one of my sayings is, from the womb to the tomb, baby. (laughs) Sexuality is a part of your everyday life. So we want people to be affirmed in that. So I still do give blowjob tips, reverse cowgirl tips, orgasm tips, and, you know, my perspectives on the best vibrators and sex toys. But now I'm really, really interested in the intersectionality of – reproductive legislation, Mm -hmm. including how we look at sex education, which is how I got to CECAS. So here at CECAS, we've been advocating for almost 60 years for the advancement 
of sex education for all. And we do that through our advocacy work, um, through our, uh, you know, policy um, work, through our research work to help people understand why it's important. I feel like that was like a long about <laughs> way to tell you who I am. So let it's me stop verbally <laughs> Yes. No, it was beautiful and completely in line with um, like we love talking about all of the blowjobs in reverse cowgirl, but we also mm-hmm. want to get into the intersectionality is exactly what you're saying and reproductive justice. And we want to start off with everything that's happening right now in the world. And it's messy and scary and confusing with Roe v. Wade. So can you first begin by describing what is Roe v. Wade? What are we talking about? Okay, so Roe v. Wade was a landmark super Supreme Court case that established a woman's right to an abortion um, prior to the viability of the fetus, right? This came up in the late 60s, early 70s. I don't have the exact year. I'm not going to even try. Um, and it really established a woman's right to bodily autonomy and making a choice about what was right for a woman who was currently pregnant. I don't like to use terms like pregnant with child or baby because oftentimes um, when people identify that they are pregnant and they choose to want to terminate that pregnancy, it is prior to the viability of a life. So if A fetus is not viable. In my mind, it is not baby. And I think we see a lot of rhetoric on television, especially right now, about we're trying to save babies' lives without taking into consideration the life of the pregnant person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, that makes a ton of sense. And, you know, words are often weapons in this entire conversation. So that makes sense that we should make that differentiation between how we're describing pregnancy and the stages that we're at. Absolutely. I would love if you could give, I know this is like a really big question, but kind of a quick overview of what happened because, you know, that got overturned and then how we got to that point. Well, poo hit the fan. (laughs) I mean Winnie. Okay, not Winnie. I really mean like the crap storm hit the fan on June 24th when Roe v. Raid was overturned in a 6-3 to three decision in the Dobbs v. Jackson women's health case. Um, the six conservative justices decided that the Constitution does not provide a right to an abortion and that individual states can freely ban abortions at any time during pregnancy, right? The majority opinion further ruled that certain rights cannot arise from the word liberty from the 14th Amendment because they are not fundamental rights. So now I gave you like the kind of high level. Let Mm -hmm. me just break it down. These people are looking at the Constitution as if women had any rights in the first place. like. When we start to think about what are fundamental rights, if we base that on constitutional law, we have to remember that that law was written when 
black people, me, were not considered fully human, um, when other people of color were not considered equal, when women could not own property, we could not vote legally. These were laws, when the Constitution was written, it was written by Caucasian, white, well, Caucasian men of a certain class level, right? And when we see things like Roe fall, what comes up for me is this idea that the only rights that matter are the rights of the far right male majority. So the cisgendered, heteronormative, Christian fundamentalist, their rights are the only rights that matter. That's what comes up for me. And I think that when we kind of look at an overview of what happened with Roe v. Wade, they basically said, the majority said, well, you know, this isn't really constitutional because there's nowhere in the Constitution that speaks to this. We have to consider when the Constitution was written, who it was written by, and to what extent all people had equal opportunity to be seen as humans. Mm -hmm. I think that's like a really great way to help people understand. They, they let Roe fall or they decided to abolish Roe based on a time where not everybody was considered a full human, including women of all colors. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the best way to kind of be like, wow, we are really basing these laws on things from centuries ago. I mean, I was born in the 1900s, apparently, to some demographics. These laws was, like, even further back. Mm -hmm. wow. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it was so hard to, like, wrap my head around this. And I also don't really know the second part of Cass's question, how we got here. Like, it felt like something that... I know it's always been a conversation. Abortion has always been a hot political topic, but it felt like a, such a thing that was already decided on. So how did we get back to this conversation of letting it fall? Like, how did we get this far that it's now fallen? Well, I think it's, you know, me, I'm always going to talk about sex education. It's a lack of sex education. When you're not knowledgeable about things, right? Like, I don't know, you know, Sexism, patriarchy, um, the hypersexualization through sexual fetishism, uh, when you don't understand what equity looks like or inclusion looks like or how to affirm people who don't look like you, who don't have the same beliefs than you, um, you're not an ally to those who are more marginalized. All of these things you can learn in sex ed, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's easy for you did not pay attention to something. And for far too long, we have looked at abortion rights as a singular myopic women's issue. And that is where I believe we got very comfortable because we thought we would never go back. But when you consider that the young people who have come up prior to me and who are coming up now, are not getting access to comprehensive sex ed, right? 
They're not having conversations about what patriarchy actually looks like. Therefore, they can't start the work to deconstruct it. And when you start to think about, like, I'll ask y'all this. When did the word patriarchy come up in your lexicon? You probably weren't in high school. And you might have not even been in your first few years of college. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that, that's the first few years you're going to be a voter. And maybe you didn't turn out to vote because it wasn't important to you. So I think there's this kind of dual thing, not having the knowledge to understand how patriarchy impacts the world we live in other than seeing it on a t-shirt or seeing it in a hashtag, right? But really having the opportunity to have guided conversations around where patriarchy shows up, which you could do in a sex ed class from someone who's trained, um, to just kind of blindly, mm, I'm just going to keep going. I'm not worried about this and not being as politically engaged and then not registering to be active or not getting into it. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and now your reproductive rights have been abolished. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. How do we get here? And it's a series of small acts that got us to this one large act. And it's been over a very long period of time. Mm -hmm. When you've brought up like the patriarchy and all that stuff in sex ed, I didn't even think about that as being like a very big part of learning about sex in your body, in society as a human being. And like that was, yeah, I was college when I Mm -hmm. learned about the patriarchy. Yeah. I heard the word like thrown around in high school or whatever, but learned about it so that's I didn't even think about that being a part of your sex ed which makes so much sense well I think that oftentimes we get caught up in the word sex which take a takes us back to pregnancy prevention Mm -hmm. risk reduction and those are two very heteronormative concepts right Mm -hmm. it takes a man and a woman to have unprotected sex to have a baby that's very heteronormative But what we know to be true is that, again, I'll say it, from the womb to the tomb, baby, sexuality is a part of your everyday life, how you get dressed, how you show up at work. The wage gap, that is a gender-based issue. That is sexuality, and it is also tied to the patriarchy. So when you give people the opportunity to learn about sex ed in an age-appropriate, medically accurate, culturally competent, inclusive and affirming way, conversations about the patriarchy are going to come up way before your last year of college Mm -hmm. because you're going to talk about sexism. You're going to talk about rape culture. You're going to talk about all of these notions that are rooted in patriarchy. And then you will be able to have guided discussion to help you have a deeper understanding. So once you go out into the world, you will naturally have a visceral reaction when you see the patriarchy taking place and then you will want to move on that. Mm-hmm. And you want to be like, wait, 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 wait. Because also in sex ed, you're going to learn how to be an ally. Mm-hmm. So you're going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Something not right here. We need to, we need to level set, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that we have to start thinking about we were failed historically by the adults in sex ed. And what does the sex ed 
of the future look like? I, I really like the term sex ed futurism. What does that look like? What does a world look like when we realize a space where sex, sexuality is normal, healthy, um, and people are affirmed in their identities and their desires to have a pleasurable experience that is safe and consensual and and just fab. Because at the end of the day, I think all adults want great sex. Mm-hmm. But how do you get there if nobody's ever actually giving you the skills or the tools to have conversations to get you to that great orgasm? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is like so much to think about and mm-hmm. like process and just imagine. And it's beautiful. And thank you for sharing all of that. I love that you've wrapped politics to having good orgasms. Mm-hmm. And it it the way you described it obviously completely correlates and mm-hmm. is a full circle of like comprehensive sex education, politics, sex, relationships. Like it's it's mm-hmm. insane. I mean, because here's the thing. I've been doing this for a very long time. I am an old woman. And um Nothing has changed, right? Like the sex that I got was bad. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave you the information about how to access birth control. What would happen if there was a pregnancy? We were told was don't get pregnant. But if you're not even giving the information to understand how to avoid pregnancy, mm-hmm. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now I'm going to end up at the Planned Parenthood sitting there trying to figure out what's going on. But since the fall of Roe, we now have states where if you get pregnant, well, that's it. Good luck, buddy. Mm-hmm. Send you on your way. And so I think that it's important for us to really try to look at sex education, not as sex, but as education, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we get scared about the word sex. We get even if we hear the word sexuality, all we hear is sex. And then we automatically go to the genital act of right. versus all of the other things that that implicate sex and sexuality and our understanding of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fuck. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. I know. I'd be dropping bombs on people. They'd be like, fuck, Michelle. Like, I need... 20 minutes and an edible to yeah. digest. <laughs> you hit something. Right. I think it's like my soul. It's, it's my soul and my mind and my yeah. anger buttons in like this world. So yeah. what are some resources then for states that have lost access to abortions and like what what are they doing? What can we do? Okay, so there's a couple things, and I'm going to drop this in our chat right now, and you mm-hmm. can share it with all the people that um, are going to be viewing this, because I'm sure it's a lot, because y'all are amazing. <laughs> Gutmacher Institute has created an interactive map um, that details abortion policies, as well as the distance to the closest abortion clinic and other related statistics. Now, what we saw as of today, not sure when this is going to air, probably in a couple weeks, mm-hmm. but as of August 4th, um, 
our president, Biden, signed into law protections to allow people to go from state to state to um, get abortion care. Mm -hmm. Great. What we need to know is, one, I love all the big orgs. I do. I really do. I think they're great. We need people to give money to some of the smaller orcs. Mm -hmm. What you should do is whatever state you're in, whatever city you're in, whatever county you're in, whatever township you're in, Google what is the local abortion or reproductive rights org. Send them some money. That's one thing you can do. But that's the right now. How do we plan for the future? Because this is not a fight that's going to happen in a TikTok, in a reel, in a microwave, okay? We have years of fight ahead of us, especially the way that this decision was written and handed down. It puts in a, into question a lot of other um, areas like privacy, like contraception, like gay marriage. Like there are a lot of other things the way this is written. So how do we plan for the future? You register to vote. You register to vote, right? That's what you need to do, and you need to start becoming an active voter. Because now that Roe has fallen, they're taking it back to the states. Vote, 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 vote. This is the time you have to vote. And then the third thing I would say is start advocating for sex education in your local community. Because right now we're in a shit storm. Okay, it's going to take some years to clean up. But what we can do is start planting seeds for a brighter and better tomorrow for future generations. And that requires us to start advocating for the passing of REA, which is a legislative bill that was introduced by Barbara Lee and Cory Booker. And REA stands for the Real Education and Access for Healthy Youth Act, right? The legislative year is almost over. We know that that is probably not going to pass this year. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't educate yourself to what was in that bill and identify and become aware of who else supported that bill and see if there was someone in your state, um, who a representative in your state who supported that. And don't be afraid to call your representative and say, hey, I want to see this passed. I want to know what you think about Rhea. What do we need to do to see Rhea pass immediately or in the next legislative session, right? So those are some really easy ways for you to get involved. It's really becoming informed as to what the policies are out there. You can always go to seekus.org to see what the state policy is where you live when it, in regards to sex education. Calling your congressperson or representative and saying, where do you stand on Rhea and what do we need to do to get it passed? And then also making sure you're registered to vote and become an active voter. Like that's that's what we can tell you to do, right? That's And you want to pay attention to what you care about. If you care about sex ed, pay attention to what is happening there. Because honestly, across the nation, it's a patchwork. Every state has a different policy. And even though the state might have a policy that says they can teach or should be teaching sex ed, since the fall of Roe, well, even before the fall of Roe, 
the decision to teach a curriculum of sex ed in school districts, whether it was abstinence only, abstinence plus, comprehensive, such a patchwork, it was up to the school board and the school district to decide. So even though the state has a policy, doesn't mean that the school board will actually, or the, the school district is actually going to do it. And what we have seen is that since Roe has fallen, and even before Roe, the regressive minority have taken a stance to attack diversity on a lot of levels aside from sex ed, CRT, book bans, anti-trans youth, LGBTQAI plus bans. Um, these are all the same people who are against abortion. So all of us who are sitting at home listening to podcasts, hashtagging, retweeting, Instagramming and TikToking and a snappity chatting, <laughs> we got to get up off our feet. We got to get up off our butts and move our feet to take real action because it's not enough anymore just to hashtag. Mm-hmm. It's not enough. You actually have to get involved in a movement. Find a grassroots organization that supports sex positivity, sex education, reproductive justice, reproductive rights. Every city, every township's got at least one. And I'm pretty sure a lot of spaces have places you can donate time, like out of the closet, which advocates for HIV support, right? Like find a way to get if, call your senator. I'm. I, I mean, I'm going on a tangent. Let me stop. <laughs> I didn't know. Like, I did know that you can actually call like your representatives, but I didn't know if that's actually impactful. Like, what do they do? Do they like write down your messages? Do they like save your emails? Like, how does that help? Is it just getting flooded with the same message? That. Yep, that's what you want to do. You want to flood them with the same message because you are their constituent. You, as a taxpayer pay their salary. You are the person who votes to keep them in office. So the louder we become, because what's happening right now is the regressive right is a minority, but they are, they just have giant megaphones. Right. Right. And a lot of us, while I love us, us progressives, we tend to sit back and be like, eh, it'll work itself out especially younger people. And, and I know I'm of a certain demographic. I am, not, I am a millennial. There are a lot of Gen Zers out there who are like, you're 1900s. But it's like, I'm a millennial. I'm pretty active in politics and, and making sure I'm registered to vote. When I was the age that a lot of Gen Zers are entering in this space, I was not as active and I was not as aware. So my hope is, is that we can help young people move beyond. And I've seen it. I've seen young people mobilize, build coalitions and get things done. But we really have to remember, you have to go to the polls because when you go to the polls, you put someone in office. And then once you get them in office, Yo, 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 uh, I'm not really happy with this. So what you finna mm-hmm. do about it? Because uh, I know elections coming up. So where are you standing on this? They'll take your calls. You can make an appointment. You could show up and sit in their office and just sit there and be like, I'll wait. <laughs> I know people think that sounds crazy, but 
they work for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we have forgotten. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. We're like, oh, no. AOC is a big superstar. No, she is employed by the people who put her in office. So when you think about where you live, who did you put in office? You have the right to call them and say, I'm not happy with this. I need you to fix this. Or can you tell me what your strategy is to address this? And it's not just at the House level. It's not just at the Senate level. Let's bring it all the way down to the school board level. Even if you're not a parent, you have the right, if you live in a school district, to be involved. And, and that's, what, that's what that regressive minority has done. Anybody can speak at a, at a school board meeting. Anybody can. So if you want to get involved on that school board level, is that attending a meeting? Is that calling the school board, asking what their like policy is in all, terms of sex ed? It's all the things. It could be all the things. You could call. You can attend. You live in that community. You have the right. Mm-hmm. Get involved. Show up. Ask questions. Because what a lot of people fail to understand is that when you look at like AIG, which is the huge insurance company, they put out a study once, actually many times. And what we know is that schools with higher graduation rates, their their communities have lower violent crime rates. So therefore, if you live in a community that has a school, that's your community. It's important for you to feel safe. So you have every right to show up. Because if the school has high graduation rates, there is a correlation between high graduation rates and safer communities. So you have every right to show up and say, well, what are we doing about this? Because if young people are not getting sex education and they're worried about, do I have an STI? Am I pregnant? Do I feel affirmed because I identify as LGBTQAI or non-binary? That is going to impact their ability to academically perform, which will then shift graduation rates in that community, which will lead or has the potential to lead to higher crime rates. Like, I don't, I I really want to stress that sex ed is a vehicle for social change in a lot of ways, right? I've said this a lot. Sex ed is the only lesson that you can opt out of. Can your parents write you a note to opt you out of math? I wish. I fucking wish. I know, right? Like trig. Remember trig in high school? I didn't even take that class. I didn't get that high. Give me sex ed. I took the same math class like four times. I love that. I hear you. Just like me in Spanish. But my point is, like, look, if... If you can't fail a geometry test, or if you can't pass a geometry test, 10 years down the line, probably won't do a lot for you. Maybe you'll buy furniture that doesn't fit in your apartment. Who knows? Right? <laughs> hey, that does happen to us yeah. all the time. So there you go. But-, <laughs> but that's very different than not being able to pass an HIV test, a hepatitis test. Um, it's very different than not understanding how to reduce your risk of an unintended pregnancy, Mm -hmm. right? Those are very different life tests. Mm -hmm. But yet, sex ed is a subject that people can just be like, not that important, too controversial, we're not doing it. Or 
Your parents can write a note and you can sit out. Mm-hmm. We need this. We need this to be productive parts of our society. I still Not can't believe it. Like, let's be real. If I had gotten sex ed, this little red Corvette would have a whole heck of a lot less miles. <laughs> the engine still runs real good and the bucket seats leather is still soft. But I think you get my point, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's probably a lot of people out there that are listening to this like, man, probably wouldn't have dated that person for as long had I gotten sex ed that taught me, you know, the markers of a healthy relationship or the red flags of a unhealthy relationship very clearly. Mm -hmm. I think people don't think about that. No, not at all. And I just, I still can't believe that you can opt out of sex ed. I remember taking that note home to my parents. Like they didn't care. Like, of course it's going to take sex ed. Not that it helped. I got shown a pregnancy video or like a birthing video Mm -hmm. and shown a slideshow of herpes. And that was my sex ed. Um, I know. But also, thank you so much for all of like the words that you gave us to Mm -hmm. to contacting our representatives and showing up for those school board meetings. Like, I think that is also one of the big barriers to being an active voter and participant in your community is like not even knowing what to fucking say. So I think those are really great. That's a great dialogue that you helped us establish. It also makes me realize how little I've thought of the place I live as a community and how I think of like. I think of me, I think of us, I think of the community we have through the podcast, but I don't think of like kids being in my community because I don't have children myself. But it's like, I saw this TikTok the other day that was talking, it was a a mom talking about how she hates the people get upset when she brings her baby places. And she's like, my baby's a human being and like a part of this community too. If they cry, like that's a human being. Right. Like it, it, if we're we're allowed in public just as much as anybody else because that is I don't know I don't know mm-hmm. why I just made that connection no, but like sense. thinking about the kids in my community as like a part of my fucking community I mm-hmm. might not have birthed them and right. I'm not like responsible for them in that way but I am responsible for like being a part of their community right and think that about is. it like this we often use the euphemism of it takes a village to raise a child you may not have birthed them But your ability to go and advocate for proper education, whether it's about book bans, whether it's about inclusion and affirming education for LGBTQAI youth, whether it's about sex ed, that is a part of you taking responsibility as a pivotal role in the community that will raise the children that are there. They may not have come from your loins, but they are in your community, therefore, you have a slight response. Like you're not going to speed down the school zone in your neighborhood. That is a way we take responsibility as a community member raising children, right? I know it sounds kind of weird and I'm not a parent, but I was a teacher for so long. Like people are like, when are you having kids? I was like, I have raised many. (laughs) I have them. And I think also... The other thing to consider is, you know, we would do a lot. Let me put it like this. If you saw a baby in a car and it was a hot day, you would call 911. You would try to break the window open. Sex education is on fire. Our LGBTQAI plus youth in America are just trying to survive. 
It is time we break out that car window and we start advocating for sex education because we cannot be a village that just watches children perish. And it's in the news everywhere right now. And I know this isn't the sexiest to talk about, but imagine how much more orgasms you could have been having had you had good sex education that taught you the parts of your vulva. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to do it for the children, do it for the orgasm. Come on. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Do it for the orgasm. Do it for the O. Do it for the the O. Fuck. (sighs) God, that was so... That was like the crash course. I feel like every single person, Mm -hmm. no matter what stage you're at in like your own education or knowledge of like political climates and wherever you're at, I don't know, everyone needed it. That's the wraparound I haven't fucking seen in a TikTok or yeah. one of the things you repost to your story like two days after and then never again. Like, yeah. that's the kind of thing that's like, oh, no, this is like so deep and here's mm-hmm. what to actually do about it. Like, yes, donate. Yes, you know, find who, like the resources, all of that. But it's like also, fuck, mm-hmm. it's big. Yeah, it's your community. <laughs> it, it is big. And here's the thing. I'm not trying to discredit the resources or the voting I think that's, I mean, you can go on everybody's TikTok, everybody's Instagram and see people be like, Linktree for resources on abortion and Linktree. No, 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 no. What we really need to be talking about is that the people, let us be clear, the people who are coming after abortion are the same people coming after things like LGBTQAI plus anti-trans laws. Uh, the same people who are coming after sex ed, the same people coming after CRT, the same people coming after book bans. They have actually said out loud that these are human rights reversals that they feel emboldened to reform now that Roe has fallen. They're like, ooh, party over here. We got Roe to fall. Now let's repeal all kinds of other spaces of diversity. And it's up to us to say, we're not going back. We're not with that fuck shit. We're not doing this. Mm-hmm. Sorry for my language, but I feel like that was a really good place to add those, you know. Yes. Superlatives. <laughs> yes. 100 fucking percent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you for laying all of that out for you know, telling us how to get involved. Is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap it up? Well, I am going to say this and you can edit it as you may. I want to hear y'all sex ed stories. So I want to encourage you lovely ladies um, to send me, you know, some of your stories about sex ed, what you remember, what you wish you'd gotten what you hope for for the future, especially after this conversation. And then anybody who's listening, I want to hear your sex ed story. Like I want to share my sex ed story and I'd like you to share yours as well. And I hope that we can continue this conversation. And I believe I can count on the honey do me high. (laughs) To show up and show out for sex ed moving forward. And and I'm just really grateful and appreciative that y'all gave me this time to really talk about these things. Woo! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
Cass and I just <laughs> sat here after that interview and we're just like, whoa. And then yeah. we went in and looked up how we could get involved in our community. Exactly. She's a good um, voice for the rally. It just like yeah. she really helps like, I don't know, start something in your soul. It a feels fire like. In my belly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on the podcast um, and going over just this huge fucking topic, but making it so digestible for us. And thank you, our listeners, for hanging out for a second time this week. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing we have to ask of you is to get involved in your own community, see what you can do, see who you can help, see what you can be a part of. Um, this really, really matters. And that's mm-hmm. why we wanted to be, um, to give it a platform. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we love you. We love you so much. And we'll see you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.